Hello. Welcome to Wanna Be a Pro Wrestler. Me too. In today's topic, we're gonna be discussing heels versus baby faces. And most importantly, why baby faces suck and heels are awesome. Alright, so let's get this straight. Being a babyface and being a heel are completely different animals. It looks the same for the audience, but for performers, it's kind of one of those things where you should have a preference of which one you're better at, or you should at least have an opinion of which one you think you're better at. I'm not sure, honestly, which one I prefer, because I'm like, oh yeah, I can do some cool moves, and I'm really good at selling, and I... I know when to fire up, and I know when to kind of keep going, and I know when to give the people something. But also as a heel, I've been told that I'm more comfortable as a heel from the people that have watched my matches. And I, I take that very seriously because it means that I'm more relaxed, and it doesn't look as tense. And I think that it has to do with more along the lines of being able to not worry about messing up. And I think that's going to be our first point, is a heel can go forwards or backwards and there's a time and a place for both so when you're in the heat a heel can go forwards as much as they want and the heel's only gonna be creating more sympathy for the baby face but as a baby face you want to pretty much be going forwards every single time like a shark no one wants someone to cower away unless it's specifically within your character or your gimmick like it would be for let's say a Jake Roberts when he's a babyface, but most of the time when you think of the match that he's been in, you think of him holding the badass snake and him attacking people, not him trying to get his head together and try to figure out his emotional state and try to relax and come up with a plan. It's more so about him thinking about how to deviously get a hold of this babyface. It's not about him more so getting his head together to be able to overcome the situation. So with the babyface always having to move forwards, you'll see people in the corner waiting for their spot to an extent, where if they get a big move and they're selling in the corner and they're already up to their feet, and you're like, why isn't this guy walking? And you'll even see it in your own matches where you're like, okay, what are you doing? And you're just waiting to get hit. So instead of taking that second and staying on one knee, you're rushing to the next spot. And I've done it plenty of times. It's not, a, it's not that it's not a big deal, but it's that it's just a common mistake that rookies make. You're always trying to get to the next thing because you don't want to forget. It's an insecurity thing. You don't want people to think you're bad. So in order to have people not think that you're bad, you want to be moving because it's movement and you're not thinking that they're understanding what you're doing so it's just movement they're going along for the ride and that's not what we want we want to be able to convince the whole crowd or convey to the whole crowd that this is the story we're telling the baby faces in peril that's why they cannot move forwards they can't move forwards because you chopped out their legs but they're still going to try they're still going to climb up and once eventually you start to let them get a little bit of hope spots in and you start to let them build themselves up, they'll start going forwards and start to build this comeback that means something because they've sold the leg the entire time and now they finally have this opportunity to make justice prevail. As opposed to the heel that during the moment of, let's put it as the shine, and we can even use a reference of Jake the Snake that they want to take a second, get away, 
and like, oh, they're being a coward. They're trying to take advantage of the babyface, but they're not necessarily breaking the rules, but it's not something that you would want to see Bruce Lee or the guy from Die Hard doing. You don't want to see him take the take a break and then get back in action. No, get up, get moving, let's go. We want to see some stuff. But you can't always have that, and I think that's why it's a little bit easier to be a heel than it is to be a babyface because then it allows you to dictate the pace and it allows for the babyface to have to either chase you or wait for you. And for the fans, they usually want to see you chase and this will usually lead into some type of cutoff or some type of moment where the heel starts to take advantage of the babyface's intuitive feelings of, I need to go forwards and this will allow the babyface or allow the heel to overcome the babyface in a way that isn't cheating, but it's perceived as not heroic or not the most honorable way. When you think of honor, you think of like back in the Egyptian days where they're in the Roman Colosseum and stuff like that, and it's one guy versus one guy, sword and shield versus sword and shield, and then they battle until one wins, and that's the hero, and that's like the brave heart or the... It's like the moment in Gladiator when he's worked his way up all the way just by simply using his sword and shield to overcome the odds. It's about the babyface overcoming the odds of this is what we do. We go head to head no matter what. We look our problems straight in the eyes and we deal with them. And I think that's what is relatable for fans. But that's just the mindset. That's something that people don't necessarily always consider. So that's why sometimes people will end up looking a little bit silly when they're not allowing the moment to be they're not allowing it to resonate with the fans they're worried about the next thing they're moving they're moving and that happens a lot with newer people and that's okay it's just something that comes with time and it helps to have a a more predominantly veteran heel working with the younger kids and I think that was a lot of my role within the last six months of me performing way back when, when we were actually able to perform on a consistent basis. And it allowed me to be in control as the heel. And it allowed the babyface, as long as they wouldn't necessarily mess up their their moves, or I could coach them into following me, and I could just say, hey, come on, get in this way, do this. And it would be really simple, brief terms that I'd tell them without anyone being able to notice. But... It was just to get them back on the path because they have to be moving forwards or else they look dumb. And as a result, I look dumb for not hitting them. And if I let them look dumb, then I'm not doing my job as the person that is in charge of the match. I want it to be a good match. So what I'm going to do is I'm always going to be aware of when the crowd is starting to get behind them. And if they get stuck, they go, "Uh uh-oh, they're thinking, which means when they're thinking... They're not reacting. And when they're reacting, that that's when it's like gold. So I'll throw a punch, they'll block it. You say block, and then they'll hit you. You throw another one, they block, they hit you. So it's them moving forwards. It's them fighting the odds. It's that Roman one-on-one feeling. But we don't want it to be the babyface hits and then cowers away into the corner It doesn't make sense. You want them to be brave. You want them to have these 
these characteristics that we embody or we wish we embodied. It's when you see Lord of the Rings and you see the two guys at Sam and something. I don't remember, to be honest. You see them, and it's these two little gnomes. Are they gnomes? I don't know. Are they elves? They're something, man. But they go, and they try to throw the ring in the end of the pit of Mordor, and what are the odds that they get it done? Pretty small. But in the end, spoiler alert, they get it done, and it's something that we can put ourselves into, and we can see it. It's something that's visual for us. And if you're not a Lord of the Rings fan, maybe you know Dora the Explorer. We can put ourselves in her place as a child, as a small child. We see, oh, well, she's got to get here because she's delivering the goods to Nana or something or whatever the concept of that show is. And they're like, oh, I got to get there. And this is the way we do it. We go forwards. The whole point of the Dora the Explorer show is to go forwards and... The fox comes in, Swiper comes in, and he messes up stuff. And we keep going forwards, and we're always going forwards. So baby faces are always going forwards. So when you're comparing a heel versus a baby face, let's get a little bit more in-depth. I wanted this to be a 10-minute thing, but I think this is worth a little bit more in-depth topic to discuss. And I'm pretty sure there's always going to be something to say about this. But as a heel, you pretty much just have to bump and feed, and then allow them to set themselves up to fail once you put your match together and then you can just take it to them and then you got to give them just a little bit of something to where it feels like they might have a moment of redemption and then take them back down and then you build it back up a little bit more and then you bump and feed again and that's a very simplified version of it and that's usually what a first match on the card will look like or a first time performers match will look like but that's okay there's nothing wrong with simplicity and actually, simplicity is better. When you're looking at a crowd that knows nothing about wrestling moves, they only know the rock bottom and the Hulk Hogan leg drop, they don't know what a suplex really looks like until they see it. They'll know a suplex, but they won't know your variation of your falcon arrow off the top rope. And if it's only going to be a two count, it's really not that important. And I know people say that a lot. And there is a time and a place to be able to do a falcon arrow off the top rope. And if you're planning for it, it'll mean something. But if you just do it every other weekend, it's not going to mean as much. If you're going to a new venue in a different state and you're working for a new promotion, and that's the first thing they see of you, you better have some pretty good stuff in your back pocket or else they're going to say, that's it, that's all you got, that's the one cool thing. It's like when you get a G.I. Joe toy and all they do is like the karate chop thing. You're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. The karate chop. Yeah, and you're all pumped for it. And then you get it and guess what it does? It does the karate chop and that's it. It doesn't have any voice features. It doesn't have any cool little knickknacks that come with it like a backpack of missiles or a gun or something like that. All you do is the, the simple little stupid chop thing all day. And once they see that, they kind of get bored of it. So it only has so much playtime unless the character is good. It doesn't have that longevity unless it is a G.I. Joe toy that means something. And in our generation, G.I. Joe toy isn't going to mean as much, or a Power Rangers toy isn't going to mean as much. So it's a little bit more complex than that, I think, in our time. So I don't want to overlook that, but I don't know what our future holds for being able to be a wrestler. But if you come out and you give them your best stuff in the first day, and the second time they see you, they're like, oh, he's doing that again, or... Oh, that wasn't as cool as what he did last time. It's not going to mean as much.
So I think being able to do cool moves as a babyface is neat, but being able to place them in the spots that they need to be able to be in and being able to manipulate them for emotional purposes is better. And I think that's going to be a little bit harder as a babyface than it is a heel because a heel, a heel can do a little bit of everything and it's okay. You can look silly. You can look dumb. And then as a result of looking dumb, you can get angry and then you can get happy and then you can get sad and then you can get happy or you can get mad and then happy. However you want to put it in your story, it works. Just make sure you have those expression changes because that's how we feel like we've been on a ride is those is those expression changes. They say sad, mad, glad, and afraid. And I'm sure there's a couple more in there, but they say those four, if you start with one and then you end with one in a scene, it, it feels like you've been through a roller coaster, like waves, like up, down, up, down. And we're building a story to climax at a certain point, which the heel will be listening for. The heel will be listening for the crowd to start coming up, coming up. And okay, let's give them something because the crowd wants the guy to win. And then you give them something and then you use the hope spot that you were discussing that you thought would fit here. And then you come back down, you cut them back off. You hit him with something big, one of your signature moves or one of your moves that you really like to do. Bam, they're back down. I've also heard from X-Pac that the moves you do in the heat are the moves you do in your comeback. So if you do shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, thunder bomb, five knuckle shuffle, this is where you would put those things. So you would probably use the blue thunder bomb right there if they fire up, drop them, five knuckle shuffle, boom, one, two, kick out. And then you say, one, two, come on, riff. Or you do whatever your character would fit. And you can kind of go from there and build your stuff around that. And then you bump and feed for them on the comeback. But I feel like as a heel, you're going to bump more. Yeah, heels bump. Baby faces crumble. That's just one of those things. So if you can take a cold breaker and you can fall to the side instead of taking a big bump, that's better to an extent based off of each circumstance. But... The reason for that I always felt like was because baby faces crumble so it doesn't make noise. A heel will bump in the crowd that's in the arena, the live arena, will react. So maybe within the next however many years, maybe we'll move away from live events and we'll be doing empty arena matches more consistently. And the psychology of this will change. We'll have no idea what's going on. But for right now when we can wrestle in front of 25 people or however many we can have in the venue, the heels take the bumps. It's a loud noise. It's jarring. It's exciting. And everyone's excited for noise because, oh, yeah, that wrestling, that hurts. That's going to be real dangerous. It's real danger that that guy's in. And you kind of can kind of build up to your baby face's comeback. And for me... Being a heel meant more so like the the talking and interacting with the crowd in a verbal way. But with the babyface position, I would always communicate with them in a non-verbal way. And sometimes it would even be a verbal, come on, I need you, come on, come on, come on, I bam, I need you, I need you, I need you, bam, and you hit him again, and then you hit the ropes and he takes you out or something. It's going to be very basic just because... I'm not putting a whole match together here sitting down and explaining this, but when we compare babyfaces versus heels, 
I feel like being a heel is much easier. You can make mistakes and claim it was on purpose. And if you're telling the truth, then you're telling the truth. And they're like, oh, that guy's such a jerk. He tricked us. Or they say, oh, he's a liar. He's a no good liar. But as a babyface, if you slip, they're like, oh, man. Took the rug out from under himself. He did it to himself. Uh, kind of a bum. Not a bum per se, but like it's an accident and accidents happen. It kind of humanizes you. It kind of will take away your superhero aesthetic that you kind of have going on. And maybe that'll work. And sometimes it does. A lot of the times I would wrestle people who would take themselves out as the cutoff spot. So they'd go for something in the ropes. Think of that big thing that Triple H does over the corner every match. People would use that as the cutoff. And it's like, boom, he's all the way. Oh, my goodness. He took himself out, basically. Like, he charged and then nothing. And, oh, man, I can't believe it. And a lot of guys will use this with with uh, with big guy spots. They'll have the big guy charge, take the corner post. Boom, he took himself out. Then you can kind of work on him. But that's my opinion. And I feel like if you prefer to be a babyface or a heel, then you should do the other one. You should do the other one so that way you start to get good at it and then you start to get those repetitions in. And sometimes you got to know your bread and butter. So if you're at like a tryout, stick with what you're better at. Don't. That's not the time to be trying to get better at the thing that you're not as good at. You want to give them the best of the best that you have because you want to get every opportunity to look as good as possible. It's not. It's not the most opportune time to give them the oh, he's still learning. It's the, oh, this guy's got it down. So when you go in to have tryout matches, or in my experience personally, matches with people who have been promoters or who are agents of professional wrestling companies. So I did a a match in front of JR, and he really liked it. And then he called a spot for us when we were in the ring. It... It didn't come off the way that he wanted it to in that second. And that could have been like a huge moment. But it was just a little mistake, you know. Eh, Not that big of a deal. But it just showed him that, oh, they're not all the way there just yet. So when you bring your your babyface or your heel version of your character to something where you want people to see what you bring to the table... You want to bring the best of the best. Okay? It's just my experience in it. This is all just love and fun. And we all love and have fun watching pro wrestling. And we want everyone to get better. And this is what we're doing. We believe in equal opportunity. And everyone should be allowed to learn. So whether you started in the backyard. Or you started at a professional wrestling academy or school. That has... A WWE person, a WWF person, anyone with a name running it. This is just to get a little bit better and to communicate and start to build a community for everybody. So if you guys are looking for someone to review your matches or someone to develop your character a little bit more, we're more than willing, I'm more than willing to go through and discuss it because helping someone feels good. It feels better than doing it yourself, to be honest. And I think that's why I've leaned more so towards the the giving back and helping aspect as opposed to the actual promoting myself aspect on on social media. I think this is more fun 
and it's more interesting to discuss with people our ideas. And that's what we're here for. So if you guys have questions, if you have matches you would like for me to review, if you want me to review your character, and I also have a new thing that I want to do where I'm going to... I was going to hold it, but you know what? I, I just want to give it to you guys right now because it's an idea I have, and let's just put it out there for the world to see, and whoever hears it, hears it. I want to do a eulogy for Nikki Heat. Not to say that he's dying or that anything like that, but when you hear a eulogy of someone as a person, you hear what the, the essence of them is, who they were to everyone. And when you hear it from someone that has known them so well, they'll give you features that they were humble, that they were loving. They'll give you these features that were always there within your character and how you would take on certain situations in your life. And if we can apply that to our own professional wrestling characters, I think that's a really interesting concept that's worth diving into further. So if you can give your character a eulogy, I, I think that gets you down the, the next side that we're looking towards to develop our characters. So I'm looking at a WWE Cup right now. And I see Daniel Bryan, I see Jeff Hardy, I see Charlotte Flair, I see Asuka, Randy Orton, and I'm pretty sure that almost every WWE fan could give a eulogy for each of their favorite wrestler. And I think that, I think that's something that hasn't been discussed before. I think that's a good way to challenge ourselves and actually sit down and work on our characters because we don't work on our characters enough we'll sit down and we'll watch a match and we'll say that's a good spot that's a good moment in a match we won't say oh you know what that little eye thing that the rock does why does he do that why does that mean something and then where did he put it and when did he do it and did he do it like this as a baby face or like this as a heel and yeah, it's something that comes with 10 years, but do you want to compare yourself to everyone that's on the same card as you every single month? Or do you want to look at the people that have been there, done that, and made a lot of money with it? I think it's worth looking at and discussing and going through the hard process of sitting down and actually doing the hard work of working on our characters. Because one cool move every show is forgotten. I don't even remember all the cool moves I've done, and I've done like, I've done like three cool moves, I'm gonna be honest. But still, like, every cool move people do, it, it only will get you so far. And there are certain moments where you want to have cool moves, and cool moves are awesome, and it's so exciting in the moment. But when you go home and you remember three things out of the event, what do you remember? And I think that's a good thing to think about. I don't want to get too much more in depth because I think we're we're at the end of this one of heels versus baby faces because we're starting to get into character stuff. But let, let's swing back around. As a heel and as a baby face, your eulogy should pretty much look the same. It, it might be skewed one way or the other, but it's got to have the consistency of it. That's what a character is. And if your character can be both, then it can be both. But which one do you think your character would be? 
a babyface or a heel. I believe Nikki Heat is a heel that is able to, in time, with character development, become an anti-hero. And I don't say that lightly. I know there's a lot of the Stone Cold mentality, but I believe as a Native American with legitimate heritage, I think that there's something there, and it's not my opinion. I've done online classes with other superstars, like superstar Chris Silvio. I've discussed it with other mentors, and I think that there's something legitimately there. But you have to find what's there for you, and you have to work on that and decide which one is better for your character, and just go with that. What's the worst that could happen, you know? Bet on yourself, goddammit. Because I'm betting on myself, and I'm betting on you. Because you're here with me. And that means that you're betting on yourself. So keep betting on yourself. Thank you guys so much for being here today. I want to send out a shout out to Coda Jacobs for being down there in Texas and Tennessee and doing God knows what. He's one of my best friends. And if you guys can check him out, I'd appreciate it. He's a good character to follow just because of the simple fact that he has a character and what he does fits his character. If you guys need to get a hold of me, DM me. I'm open for anything. I'm looking to set up a few more interviews. I've been working on this microphone Skype situation, so we're almost down to it. The New Year's coming. Don't wait to start your New Year's resolutions right now. I'll see you guys when I see you. Follow me. Stalk me. Don't stalk me, please. Goodness gracious, don't stalk me. But I'll see you guys around. Thank you so much. This is Nikki Heat, and this has been How to Be a Pro Wrestler. Wait, no, it's not. Dang, how you mess up your own outro, bro? Anyway, want to be a pro wrestler? Me too. We'll see you guys next time.